0: It's meeting time, and folks, our special guest is with us once again, Donna Petrelli. Donna, thanks for coming back.
1: You're welcome, Terry.
0: Donna, last week we we shared with the listening audience that you have 35 years of recovery and healing, and I called you one of the queens in the recovery program because you've helped so many people. But you had to start by getting help yourself. Yes. And I know that you're involved not only in your church, not only in your biblical teaching, not only in your Christian walk, but you're also involved heavily in Narcotics Anonymous. Yes, I am. How did that start?
1: Well, as I said last week, my uh, boyfriend, my childhood sweetheart, became a heroin addict. And I called a hotline about him. My boyfriend's going to die. He's using heroin. He thinks he's a pin cushion. And I just found out. And w- What can I do? And she said, well, what about you? I said, what do you mean? She said, what about you? I said, I don't, I said I'm going about him. I started getting mad. I said, what do you mean, what about me? And she said, well, what do you do? I said, well, a little cocaine. You know, I, and she said, well, well, how often? I said, well, every day. And she says, well... Well, when did this start i said oh i started smoking pot and smoking cigarettes when i was 13 and she said how old are you now and i said 30 oh, and that's what made me realize i had a problem she said well, why don't you start by helping yourself and then you can help your boyfriend it was a revelation to me because i had never thought and as i was telling Terry You know with a doctor i'd always have problems my parents sent me to um get help when i was 13 and in fact i was baptized when i was 13 because they were so scared that it didn't that it didn't take my church upbringing didn't take wow yeah (laughs) and so but anyway i um i when i went doctors they would ask me and i I would lie and say I didn't do drugs because you never told anybody back then. You just assumed everybody was doing it, and all the kids thought that everybody used. In fact, I've heard it said many times in NA. They say, well, doesn't everybody uses, and we say, no, everybody does not. It is not a normal thing. It does not have to be a normal part of life. I used to say, well, I'm just enhancing my life. I'm not escaping, but it's not true. I was escaping, I was running. I was running from the pain and from all the things inside of me. And uh, so God God had me call that hotline and that's how I, and she said to me, find a program of peers that you can go and talk to. And that's what led me to start searching for fellowships. I went to all of them. I went to adult Childrens of alcoholics, even though there was no alcoholism in my family. Um, there was some dysfunction in my family so I was searching and finally the reason I stayed in NA was because the first step says we admitted we were powerless over our addiction that our lives had become unmanageable and addiction was the word that got me and that's why I stayed
0: how did the, the addiction
1: because because I knew that I had many things. I was addicted to this man that I loved and I thought that I loved. I I was addicted to relationships. I was addicted to food. I was addicted. I had been bulimic. I had been molested when I was a child and I had been bulimic. And all of those things had been stuffed down. Um, I was addicted to, I was codependent. I was
0: you were a caretaker I was
1: a caretaker my mother was ill I had cared for her for her from the time I was 6 years old and my younger sister I helped raise my younger sister so I was addicted to all those things and uh it was I was killing myself if if one of those things was killing me I'd switch to something
0: else we call that a slow suicide
1: yes a substitution I would substitute something else and so and now in in NA we in NA we say the life if the drugs don't kill you the, the lifestyle, lifestyle will. will and it's true.
0: Paul teaches in Romans 7:18. I know that nothing good lives in me. I want to do what is right, but I can't. Yes. Step 1 yes. to me is admitting that I cannot do this on my own.
1: Yes. And that was the thing. I had a very hard time because every time in meetings, they read the steps and the steps contain the word God and higher power. And for me, I felt I had been praying for miracles. I didn't tell you about that, but I believed in miracles. And I used to have my brothers stand up my, my mother and, and on Eastern Christmas, I thought she would walk if we just all believed. And I was so angry that God didn't restore her health. And she was not, she understood totally, and she used to tell me, well, if it doesn't kill us, it'll make us stronger. And I'd go, Mom, who wants to be strong? I want to go on vacation with the family. I want you to walk. I want you to be healthy. And, uh, but... That wasn't meant to be, but I became very angry. So when I got to N.A., I heard the word God, and I was, I can't stay here. First step steps we're, we're powerless over our addiction, I said, I know I have all these things that I am compulsive and obsessive about, but I don't think I can stay here because it says God, and God doesn't care about me. And my sponsor, thank goodness for her, said, you are not on any other step but step one. And you are on the first word, which is we. And you need to find people who can talk to you. And so that's what I did. She said, don't even think about God. You're not even thinking about that yet. And so that's how I came back to God was by working. Through my anger, step one, I was, I can't stay here. Step two was, you came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And I said, but he won't. But he won't. He won't. I've prayed for miracles before. I've prayed all my life. I've prayed every night of my life for my mother to walk. And he hasn't allowed her to walk. Why? Why? He doesn't care for me but that wasn't true and then when it came to step three it, it says we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of god as we understood him when i i kept telling my sponsor i don't i don't believe in god anymore he doesn't care about me she said you just keep trying ask him ask him to take your will and i got down on my knees and i asked him to take my will and what it was i found out in that moment it was me that hated me it wasn't god that hated me god loved me he knew me when i was knit together in my mother's womb. he knew every hair on my head he knows everything about me he knew my heart he knew my trials and he loved me and it was me that hated me. And I started crying. I was down on my knees. I was crying. I said, oh my gosh, all this time, I've been thinking you didn't care for me, but you loved me so much that you sent your only son to die for me on the cross. And when I, I was young, I didn't understand. I'd say when we were sitting in church and I'd hear that, why doesn't Christ come off the, the cross and show people... I was that kid who was like, why doesn't he show people? Why didn't he do that? But see, I'm leaning on my own understanding all that time. And God says, lean not onto your own understanding. And so when I asked him to take my will, he did. And he turned my life around. I've had so many miracles, I can't, I can't begin to tell you.
0: Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. <laughs> Folks, we're both sitting here with tears in our eyes do you hear the emotion coming from this beautiful woman? Do you hear the pain that she was going through all them years? And I know there's someone out there right now that's not trusting God, that's not believing in God, that may even hate God. But here's Donna telling you that she can relate to that. And now she's a powerful woman of God. Donna, Let's wipe our tears and you keep going. Why do you love God now?
1: Oh my gosh well because I know what he's done for me He
0: died for us
1: He died for me and he has he's given me life. We are so blessed in this country oh my gosh to even be born here is is such a blessing I have so many blessings my health my my friends, my fellowship my but most of all my God my God is he's an awesome God
0: and he's the same God available for those listening Oh,
1: absolutely I've never understood why people don't think there's a God I I knew there was God I just didn't think he cared about me but Jesus it's a relationship with him that's what is so beautiful about it I talk to him I walk with him you know, um, that's what my mother had that I didn't understand when I would say to her, But who wants to be strong? And she would just smile. And she'd go, Once she lost her sight, and she said, Oh, it was so beautiful. It's beautiful you lost your sight. She said, yes, but all the things I saw in my mind, I was walking again, I was dancing. And now she's up there dancing in streets of gold in heaven. And it's just, there's so many things, but people think there's no God. Look at a flower. Look at something under a microscope. Look at all the microbes, all the things. Look in the grass, look at all the different varieties of bugs, the different varieties of flowers, the different varieties of of birds. Do you really think that a man could make any of this? That this is an accident? It's not, folks. God is in control and he loves you. He loves you so much.
0: He loves them. He loves you. He loves me so much. That he died for us. Yes, yes. And the beautiful part about it is that he rose from the dead. Yes. He was resurrected.
1: And that's what gives us so much hope. There's my miracle right there. That's what I always wanted. He rose from the dead. Why can't I have a miracle? And I prayed for it, but it wasn't in his time. I got many miracles when it was his time. I can't folks i have things that i tell in meetings that um people know uh people call me diamond donna because i found somebody's diamond god told me to tell her i'd find it and i told her and i found it things like that happen to me all the time (laughs) you
0: you are a diamond for this listening audience and folks we're running out of time donna I need you to come back in the near future. <laughs> okay. We really do because okay. you're such a powerful woman. You have such a powerful testimony.
1: It's all God.
0: I just want you to end this. We have like 30 seconds. There's somebody out there suffering. Let's 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 relate this whole subject matter to the disease of addiction that Satan has control of them. Yes talk to them
1: oh please reach out Uh, even the blue pages of the of the phone book has tons of help there's so many hotlines there's so many people out there that want to help you a church go to any church ask to speak to the pastor tell him talk to him about what's going on tell somebody tell somebody
0: go to meetings go to a meeting go to a meeting we're here for you. Yes. God loves you. We are.
1: Oh, he loves you so much. You have no idea.
0: Don, I love you.
1: Oh, I love you too, Terry. Thank
0: you. We're having a love affair here, <laughs> folks. You want that love affair? Ask Christ to be your Savior. Seek out a meeting. You too will recover. Next week, we're going to be introducing the fourth step of recovery that we made a searching and moral inventory of our lives. And I want you to reference Lamentations 340. Let us examine our ways, test our ways, and turn to the Lord. Amen.